This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 242, recorded on December 23rd, 2015. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful, I mean, for December, Bellevue, Nebraska. I, it's raining, Mike, and it's beautiful because it could be snow, right? Yeah, if I saw a little flurry of snow today and I got excited because I'm, I don't know, it, it just feels weird when there's rain, you know, the day before Christmas Eve. I know. I know. A couple of years ago, we had snow for Christmas and uh, a couple of years before that, we got a blizzard and got snowed in on Christmas Day. No snow in the forecast for Omaha, Nebraska uh, this year. And uh, and so it will not be a white Christmas, it will be, it will be a wet one. Of course, we post the show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can join us now live on our new mobile app if you want to catch home gadget geeks uh via mobile if you go to home gadget geeks all one word homegadgetgeeks.com the links for both of those a big uh iphone and a big android button are right there you can download those the the best way to use our mobile app is when you're traveling on the road because it streams the show live we get a lot of folks who want to watch the show when they're traveling a lot of guys that listen to this are traveling during the week and they can listen to it because it's low bandwidth audio. They can listen to it on the plane. And so HomeGadgetGeeks.com. HomeGadgetGeeks, of course, is a part of the Geeks Network. You can find the link to this show and many other great podcasts, including Mike Wieger's Open Mic Night. With If you're an Apple fanboy, you want to go out there. We rib each other on this. And so Open Mic Night is the Apple side. And then you also want to catch Rich Hayes' uh, Windows Observer. That's all Windows all the time. And so we've got some great uh, podcast out there for you. If you haven't checked out the Geeks Network, thegeeksnetwork.com. Mike, we are have come to the end of a year. It's hard to believe that we are there. And I always like to do a show where we look back at the year one week, and then we do a show that looks forward uh, into 2016. That will be next Thursday. Yes, New Year's Eve. We're going to do uh, during the regular time. I'll invite another guest host because you won't be able to join us. You'll be partying like it's 1999. <laughs> Uh, out there, I'm sure. But um, tonight's show is really going to be focused on looking back at 2015 and and kind of highlighting. Uh, we're going to start the first segment here. We're going to start by talking about the kind of the top five posts that we covered during 2015. And so I went back through and looked at all our data, pulled those on. In the second segment, Mike and I are going to talk a little bit about some of the things that have worked for us in 2015. And I'm really talking about products where that have made you better from a productivity standpoint. So what was technology that actually made you better? Because there's a lot of technology that just wastes time or just takes your money, right? From that standpoint, maybe that's a whole nother show. In, uh, that, that definitely could be. I like, I like the focus the right now on technology, technology that actually betters you. Yeah. So what, what makes you more productive? So in the second segment, we are going to open that up. We'll start covering things. We'll open the seat for you. And if you want to jump in, if you've got a, uh, so this will give you time to get your, your microphone and your camera and that kind of stuff ready. We'll be opening the seat and taking one at a time. And we want you to pop in and tell us what are those things in 2015 that was most meaningful, you know, meaningful from a productivity standpoint for you. All right, Mike, I want to, let's go back through the top five. We're going to start at number five, which in the show notes starts at the very bottom and works its way up. And, and uh, you know, we did some really fun shows this year. And, and I have to thank the community for what we do because 
we would, if it was just you and I, it would be marginal, but because we bring in really good tech, well, if it was just me, it'd be marginal. You, you, you bring the value up some, so, oh, we, no. so. but, uh, we always, from time to time, if you're new to the show, from time to time, we bring the tech guys in and, um, and it, it always increases the value of the show when we have the tech guys on there back in uh, September, we did a show, the tech guys toolkit for antivirus, malware protection system tools. In inventory software, Kevin Schoonover came on the show, and we mentioned a lot. And by the way, all these links will be in the show notes uh, uh, post-show. I'll copy these and put them in the in the chat that we have here so you guys can take a look at them as well. But, Mike, uh, one of those shows where we kind of sat down, I like to do these kind of once a year, where we get some feedback from the community. Anything, being the Apple guy, this was kind of Windows-focused, but anything you took from that, show that 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 helped you if you remember that from a from a productivity standpoint oh by far so um talking about antivirus and malware and that episode and things like that and those sort of shows for me and when you talk about the community really giving us fantastic content to talk about fantastic interviews i learn a ton every time i'm on the show and this was one of those episodes i can definitely point back to where i learned a lot especially now being on a windows machine for the first time but even on my mac you know i remember setting up sophos for the first time uh because of that episode and just learning that you know even though i'm, I'm on a mac i'm not free and clear um from all the from all the craziness so yeah, that episode for me, Sophos was a big takeaway. And then now on the Windows machine, we're running all of that software over there. Mike, they're saying in chat that the W behind you could stand for Windows. Yeah, and it, it really could. It definitely <laughs> could. It's um, actually funny use story about that quick update. My wife and I are house hunting. So I took the kangaroo, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later, one of our favorite tech gadgets, but Windows 10, took it into the living room and it's plugged into the TV in there. And we blew up and we're all, you know, searching through houses and looking at pictures up on the big screen. And it's kind of a fun use case for it that we're having fun with. I'm sure she's actually out there doing it right now. She kind of liked the setup. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's been funny. I think if folks have been listening to us throughout the year, we've seen this progression with you a little bit of, and with me too. One of the things we'll talk about is the iPhone. I've yeah. got, you know I've bled a little bit into the Mac ecosystem or into the Apple ecosystem. You're bleeding a little bit into the Microsoft ecosystem, and, and it's good. I, I really yeah. like it. I, it's one of my favorite. Well, and, and more than bleeding into Microsoft, I think I'm just coming out of my Apple bubble. Like I was really in an Apple bubble where I only considered Apple products and even coming out. I mean, I'm to the point where, I mean, I even run Apple routers, which are not the best in any use case whatsoever. So just coming out of that bubble and considering all sorts of other topics. And before in the pre-show, we were talking about PF Sense and obviously Windows 10 and things like that. So it's more than just going into Microsoft. It's really just kind of broadening my technical horizons, which is always a good thing. Yeah, no, very good. And then back in March, Mike Howard joined us uh, for a hands-on review of the MediaSonic HFR2. Uh, it, that is a that's a, a RAID hard. It's a hard drive enclosure enclosure device that allows you to put multiple drives in. Mike has since moved away from those MediaSonic and is moving back to Unraid. In fact, we'll be having Mike on the show three or four weeks, I think, uh, talking about Unraid. So if you want a new, you know, if you want to join us for that, that would be great. But He's still using them, he says in chat. So uh, they're still out there. But, you know, we didn't spend, although you during the year were talking about adding a NAS to your, you know, the MediaSonic mm -hmm. is a kind of a NAS device. I think, what did you eventually land on? Landed on the QNAP. 
which is which ended up working out well. And that's another one of those progressions of things that I definitely needed in the home. And now we've got it up and running and it's and it works out well. So yeah, I decided on QNAP. I can't remember why I chose it. There was a specific reason. I was kind of going through um this, you know, the Synology, the QNAP and all of those different brands, and I decided on QNAP. No, very cool. And then uh, we on uh, Home Gadget Geeks, by the way, if you're new to what we do here and you ever want to find any of our programs, and we mentioned maybe like show 207 or something like that, everything is uh, on the search, everything at TheAverageGuy.tv, if you go to the search and you put in HGG 207, it'll bring that it'll bring that post right up for you. So easy way of finding things in there. Um, I had it back here. One of the interesting number three in our posts for the year was this Kensington 5-in-1 device, which got a lot of traction at first, and then it's kind of dropped off. It's got a battery. You know, this it this uh, uh, reminds me of the of the the, the uh, kangaroo that we talked about, yeah. all except it doesn't have windows on it, right? right? So it's got a battery in it. It's got a hard drive in it. You can plug in a USB. It's got SD in it. You charge it up with a USB cable. Uh, you can plug it in and make it a Wi-Fi hotspot. I mean, this so this was back in March. Very interesting. Kensington or not? I said Kensington, Kingston. Sorry about that. I said that the other day too. I like the word Kensington apparently more than I like Kingston. Um, but Kingston sent this to us for review. They actually made a big push for these. There was a kind of a big social push out there, and a lot of folks. They sent these to a lot of folks for review. Mike, a pretty good product. Have you have you looked at these kind of all in one Wi-Fi? Yeah. Fantastic for traveling, especially if you travel anywhere that you don't have Wi-Fi, but you have a wired connection, especially, you know, if you're if you're a businessman who goes to a lot of different offices and maybe you only have a wired connection wherever you're at, creating that little personal Wi-Fi hotspot. Also being able to store all your media on there for when you travel, if you're traveling in a plane, car, wherever, uh, storing movies, TV shows, anything that you'd want to access as far as entertainment goes. And even then beyond that, obviously storing documents and stuff like that. But the big cool thing was plug in a massive USB drive, throwing all your movies on there, and then having hours of entertainment for not only you, but you could share this connection with two or three other people. And you guys can all watch the same thing. A uh, big use case if you have kids was, I remember back when I was testing this, was we tried to see how many connections we could get. And you could throw like bunch of different movies on there and then two or three different people could watch all different content and it seemed to hold up pretty well. So different use cases. It was definitely a kind of a cool device. Not really sure why it fell off because it seems like um, they could still push that and it would be something that if you market it the right way could definitely gain traction. Yeah. I, you know, it was out there, but I just don't see in the tech space, a lot of folks using these. They're, right. you know, they're a little complicated to set up. They're a little, you know, sometimes they, it was pretty reliable in our testing when we did that. Yeah. But I have several times, in fact, I took it in for the summer and gave it to our high school students and said, hey, let's do some fun stuff with it. And they kind of went, eh. I mean, they just they weren't interested. Right, know? right. And uh, and so I even took in a Raspberry Pi and they weren't very interested in that either. So it was kind of an interesting kind of lesson uh, for me, although we brought in a 3D printer and they were all over that. I mean, oh, they, I'm sure yeah, they were all over that 3D printer um, for sure. The number two post, and this doesn't surprise me uh, one, and I mispronounced it for the longest time, but the Ecobee 3, we had John Greenaway on uh, and he came in and talked about the Ecobee. That still every month since then has been the number one post on uh, really for Home Gadget Geeks. Yeah, that one has done really well. Lots of SEO, and we may we must be one of the few sites that's actually talking about it. Okay, John does a nice overview on the Ecobee. I think Mike, when we think about 
2015, it really kind of maybe was a year for thermostats from, you know, we had Nest and we had Google buying Nest and then we've had, we had Ecobee and now go to Home Depot or uh, Lowe's here in the United States. They're all over the place. They have, there's a couple different, I mean, I, I could, I saw the Ecobee three in low, no, in Home Depot. Uh, the right. other and so that home automation is getting pushed farther down. You're in an apartment, so you're not really inclined to do that. But as you think about the house, is that something you might move to as soon as you move in? First thing we can install. And I think the reason it's done well, and I think the reason that it's in the, so many stores is because even beyond lighting, the thermostat is probably one of the best devices to get an intro into a smart home. Because of, you know, lights were already trained to go and touch the wall, turn on and off a switch, do certain things to turn off the lights. A thermostat is something we don't touch very often. You know, maybe once a day if you want to bump it up a little bit, but usually you don't, you kind of set it and forget it and kind of, you kind of just deal with what happens where, so people can kind of throw these thermostats in there. They're not already trained to deal with the thermostat in any way. So they're kind of open to this new idea of allowing maybe software to control something, allow a motion sensor, allow um, all these different other things to control the temperature in their home. So for me, I think it is the number one best option for when you're getting into home automation, uh, even beyond lighting, which I'm a fan of lighting more and I don't have one of these thermostats yet, but I think it does make the most sense for someone who's trying to get into that sort of environment for their home. Yeah, no, for sure. We, I, I, um, I'm tempted to put one in, but we're moving too in in, in a year and a half, and mm-hmm. uh, I could take it with me, but I just don't want to monkey with it. And I think they're just yeah. going to get better, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, we don't, we still don't see Amazon Echo, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but we still don't see immigra- uh, integration yet uh, with the right. Echo and some of the thermostat pieces. Although, with adding if this then that, we're getting super super close. So. It's um and and maybe it's there. I just don't know it. It's one of those things, man. The echo is changing so fast that it has been hard uh, to keep up with it. The number one post for 2015, when we think about it, I did a I did a hands-on review. So not even a webcast. I did the hands-on review of this, and that actually got the most posts. There was a lot of traffic. That's you know from a podcasting standpoint, this is where reviewing products that are hot in the moment are kind of one of those tips that we got a lot of SEO traffic. From yeah. this little device, they were doing a bunch of social stuff around it. They'd given them to a bunch of hipsters. They were doing all kinds of cool stuff with them. And so, f- interesting that those those are the five. And that doesn't mean they're the five best or whatever. But it was just interesting to go back through the posts and kind of say, you know, what were the top the and the criteria was what were the what did we post in 2015? And then I ranked it. I ranked it by that. Interestingly enough, Mike, the number one post for 2015. If I take if I remove the the criteria of it had to be posted in 2015 is using windows live essentials on windows XP. Brian Burgess back still? in still <laughs> back in 2000 wrote this post for me. Still the number one. And what we're finding or what I'm, I think what we're seeing is in, when I watch the traffic on Google analytics, it's coming from countries uh, from areas like Morocco and it's coming from parts of Africa where they're not, they can't they can't buy them I mean, they're they're using windows xps they're using throw right. off and recycled pcs right if you ever want to know where the number one country for recycling pcs and this is not recycling in a good way it's africa right everybody's shipping their crap including china uh, the united states and in europe to africa and it's not it's not eco friendly way i mean they're just so in Africa, they've got this plethora of Windows XP boxes, and so in these, in some of these really third world environments where they can't afford PCs, these guys are 
picking up these Windows XP boxes. Of course, they won't upgrade, but so it looks like they're looking for free software. And so that yeah. post written in 2010 is the number one number one post for us uh, going, you know. Well, it's time. interesting. You said, you know, so your review of something that's hot in the moment, you know, the argument that we don't like that as podcasters, it's not evergreen content, right? You can't go back and just kind of, it doesn't last for too long. But as far as discovery goes, it's perfect because people are searching for it. They want it. They find you. If they like you as a presenter or as a reviewer, however, if you wrote about it or did a video, whatever it is, more likely to hop on and, and become a listener to the other show. So it's kind of cool that that content um, still is good at bringing people to the site and it's beneficial to them. Yeah, just interesting. You know, yeah. to kind of think through the political and the, the socio socioeconomic situation and kind yeah. of go, oh, yeah, I guess that does kind of make sense. And right. what's interesting enough, one of the topics I talked about this year was uh, Keep Pod, K E E P O D. And it's, um, I have it hanging right here. It's a, uh, it's a device. All it is is a USB drive that has Android on it. And you plug this in, you boot it up to a Windows or an x86 computer. Let's just say it has to be an Intel chip. Okay. And you boot it up and it, you know, you boot to the USB drive and it boots a version of Android and anything you do on it gets saved to the drive. These drives cost $7, right? I can put an Android device in a poor country for $7. You buy one, they provide one to somebody in a, you know, in a third world country to get internet access. Well, the beauty of these is you can share computers. So even right. if you, in a village, you had one computer, you know, power is, power is uh, at a premium. Most of them can't afford their own computer. You get one computer and it could be XP. It doesn't matter. It just has to be able to boot to this USB device. And, uh, and they can, then they take it with them. And so it's a computer that, so, you know, once a week or once a day, they could stop in, plug in, fire up. Maybe they get 30 or 40 minutes. Hopefully that's beneficial. I don't know how that plays out from a, you know, from a world standpoint, but an interesting way to think about, you know, Android on, this is Android on a chip. So to yeah, speak. So perfect. Some pretty, when we think about home gadgets, some pretty, pretty interesting stuff. All right. Hopefully we've primed the pump for you guys uh, from this standpoint. We're going to open the seat here. Mike and I have some things that for us we're going to talk about, but we'll invite you to come on in. We're going to do one at a time, and uh, and and we're going to ask you to come in for just a few minutes, talk about your thing, and then we're going to have you jump off so somebody else can jump in. So those are just the rules going forward. So let me unlock the seat if you're in Blab there, and if you want to join us, you can do that. By the way, if you if it takes me a second to get to you, just hang tight. Uh, we might be in the middle of a thought, and we want to get through that before we get in. Mike, so let's start with your list. As we think about, and, and let's start with the most important and kind of work our way down. If you think the number one thing technology-wise for you made you more productive in 2015, what would that be? Uh, I think it's actually a trend, and it didn't make me more productive. It kept me safe, and I love the trend of ride-sharing. Lyft and Uber have just been interesting to me because I started out 2015 as a passenger and by the end of 2015 I'm a passenger and I'm now a driver for them and although not too often but still I'm signed up and I can be a driver for them and the whole concept of it is extremely interesting to me and, and my mom and I got in this conversation a week ago uh, my parents were hosting a party for um, you know work associates at their home and I asked him, I was like, oh, so did anyone end up, you know, taking Lyft or an Uber home? And she goes, yeah, actually a ton of them took Uber home. And we had this long conversation about just the entire trend of ride sharing and how at first, you know, it kind of weirds you out. You think I'm getting in a car with a complete stranger. I'm going to be, you know, who knows? They're not, they're not really vetted by anyone. The city doesn't vet them. It's kind of interesting how the whole thing works. But then as you, it, just the technology of having it on your phone 
and being able to request it. And it's super easy. Within five minutes, you have a car there and you get dropped off and no cash has to exchange hands. Uh, you don't have to worry about having any money or credit cards or anything like that. And I think my biggest you know, the thing I just like about it the most, besides all the benefits of traveling and or being a business person and using it, I think it's making my generation a whole lot safer when it comes to um, not drinking and driving, which is huge to me. You know, after after being in college just recently, and I guess I'm still in college, but not really in the college scene, uh, after seeing that and seeing kind of the transition from, you know, when I was a freshman, the way you did that was you either had a DD or you got, you know, you called a taxi cab and calling a taxi cab was ridiculous. You call them, you have to schedule it. Oh, we'll be there in an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. They don't show up. Maybe they do. Then you have to worry about payment and stuff like that. So seeing these technologies make it that much easier. Our generation now there's, I mean, at least with my group of friends, I know people still will make mistakes, but the majority is dude, just grab an Uber, grab a Lyft. It's so easy and it's so affordable. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And, and you can know how many drinks you've had. You can at least open up your phone and click car. Like it's one button, like request it. The guy shows up and it takes you home and then all the payments done. You don't have to worry about anything. And I, I just love it. I think it is one of the best trends we've ever seen. I think it's one of the, the trends that's kept us the most safe. And uh, I just, I can't talk about it enough. And especially with just my friend groups, I love seeing everyone accept it. Just say, Hey, no one's going to do that. No one's going to have drive home after they've had a few drinks. We're just going to take a Uber. We're going to, we're going to take a lift and it's made things so much better. And so that's really just my number one thing. And it's a soapbox moment for me just because it's something I feel strongly about, but I just love the trend of ride sharing. And you can extend that into any other sort of sharing apps that we use, but especially Uber Lyft, any of those other things. I just, I just love them. Yeah, this is, especially in the Midwest, this is the yeah. year of Uber, right? I mean, it, it, it totally is. It's been, I know on the West Coast and on the East Coast, it's been, you know, it's probably the, this is, this is old, but Omaha really just got Uber this year working correctly because there were some legal problems with it. And so, and then Lyft right behind it. And so that, that has worked. Mike, we actually, what's interesting is the taxi companies, there's a, there's a, a company here in Omaha that's creating an app for taxi companies now called taxi tap and we actually talked about really? silicon prairie news minute so if you haven't listened to that yet uh I worked with silicon prairie news we do a four minute podcast literally you can listen to it in four minutes really it's just a teaser so you go back to silicon prairie news but the app name is taxi tap and they're writing these to help the taxi companies compete with uber and which is perfect right this is what yeah. we want we want competition to drive yes. innovation and so on this app, you can, well, the, one of the things you can do that you can't do in Uber is you can reserve a taxi for a certain time. So you That's can go nice. in there and say, hey, pick me up at seven o'clock. That's, you know, or whatever that you want to have done. But it's great to see the taxi companies, which are have gotten horrible, right? I mean, when you yeah. think about cabs, you're kind of like, uh, you know, some of the cabbies have switched over and they're kind of doing, I think they're, they're being cabs in some cities, cabs and Uber at the same time yep. kind of deal uh, or, or Lyft. Uh, from that standpoint. But um, so interesting that this taxi tap, and if you go to the average guy.tv and search taxi, T A X I T A P P, it'll take you right to that. Well, four minutes. Just go out there and listen to it, the links to it. It's live out there right now. If you want to take a peek, I will throw that link in the show notes or in the show notes as well as in the, the chat room for you guys. But an interesting innovation that now a company is trying to help the taxis. It sees this need of like, yeah, you know, man, Uber's going to crush. Well, and that's torture. And I guess when I was thinking about 2015, this, I mean, Uber and Lyft definitely aren't, they were created way before 2015, oh, yeah. but in Omaha, uh, they just became legal this year. They've been operating before it just became legal. So now I think like Jim said, the change in 2015 is them getting around all their legal issues. 
and them getting around all that. So now they're operating legally. And it's actually a good thing for those. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you have something you want to share, if you've got a tech gadget that uh, changed your life or made things different in 2015, we have an open seat available. If you want to jump in and share that with us, we'd love to have you do it. Mike, I think for me, I'm going to put two together and you and I have gone on this journey together, but that's the Amazon Echo and yeah. lights. Perfect. Right? I think yep. that has been for me all year. I mean, we started the year with Echo, right? It those kind of went on pre-order or pre-sale back in December, November, uh, November, December of last year at this time. Became available in January. I think I got mine, I want to say maybe February. And that's what sparked me to get it. Yeah, and have paired yeah. those with the Hue lights. And, uh, and so we have used, I mean, what's been crazy is Amazon, the Echo has been more adopted by my wife. This is the first piece of gadgetry that I bought that my wife uses more than I do. To be honest, besides your computer, and that's not true either, because I use a, a computer a lot. <laughs> but the Echo, think about. I always think she makes tea every morning. Uh, Alexa, set a timer for two minutes, right? So the tea can steep. Uh, we, I ran out of trail mix tonight. I was going. I was hoping to have some trail mix when I got home. It was gone. Ugh. Alexa, put trail trail mix on the shopping list. You know, and it, it immediately goes to that. We have access to that when we go out. The Hue lights with you, you and I have gotten into. Alexa, yep. turn off all the lights. Boom. They're just, you know, going to bed at night. Alexa, turn off all the lights. Sports scores. Alexa, tell me what's going on in, NF, in the NFL. And she'll, especially because you and I, have, this has also been the year of fantasy football for us. But. Yes, it has. <laughs> it has indeed. But I kept track of the scores on the yeah. NFL. So anything, what what else are you using it for? How are you using it differently? Uh, customized news now. You're really starting to see, you know, even with the briefings and scores and things like that, you're starting to be able to tailor down what you want to hear about when you get those sort of updates. And that's what I like. That's kind of the updates that's been happening is, hey, you can now drill down and say, I like this sort of news. I like these teams. I like this. So it's kind of a lot better in that regard. But beyond that, um, no, yeah, the timers is the big thing for us too. Using those in the kitchen being hands-free, and then also starting and stopping music. Uh, I think the reason it was adopted so well by my wife is because she just loves listening to music in the apartment and her being able to just start Pandora or use it as a Bluetooth speaker from her phone and use Spotify, which is our music service of choice. It just makes it super simple. And it sounds fantastic for being one speaker. Yeah. Liz in the kitchen. I yeah. get my NPR news update from it when I, you know, uh, you know, flash briefing, Alexa, flash briefing. She just rattles it up. One of the area, very weak, and Amazon needs to work on this. Search is terrible on the Echo. I mean, Siri just crushes it yeah. from that standpoint of, of actually trying to get. The other night, we were trying to figure out. What were we trying to figure out? The distance. It was a distance equation of some kind. Um, and my daughter was in the room. Uh, or or we No, we were trying to figure out what the which was more expensive in today's dollars. The Louisiana Purchase or buying Alaska, right? Don't ask me why we're talking about that at a dinner time in our family. That's that's how nerdy we are, right? That's uh, a yeah. I'm gonna come over for dinner sometime. That sounds fun. Alexander Hamilton came up in that conversation, and we in that conversation we talked about him and Thomas Jefferson, and and uh, it was it was a totally nerdy conversation. But that that's so. If you want to know what goes on at the Collison House <laughs> at dinner time, we're talking about the revolution. So that we were talking the purchase, and I was trying to figure out. I was trying to ask her. What was the purchase price of the you know for the Louisiana purchase? Nah, I couldn't. I tried it. I I phrased it a couple times and couldn't. And maybe I should have asked her because she does some Wikipedia stuff. And maybe I should have asked her to read the Wikipedia page 
you know, for some right, but, right, yeah. So Tony Rayner says the Echo is his favorite piece of tech, and uh, so it yeah. really won the hearts of the tech world too, which yeah. was um surprising for me just because in the first part of the year I didn't perceive that it was getting much press at all, and because it was in beta, I guess it wasn't. So I was really excited about a device that wasn't getting much press, and I was wondering why isn't everyone taking, why isn't this thing taking off more? Why aren't people hearing about it? Then obviously it goes out to the public and we have the TV commercials and it really starts to gain traction. Oprah puts it on her big list of top things to have. All the news sites now have it near the top. If, if it's not one, it's two or three for the top tech gadgets, which is good to see. I like seeing that something totally different um, and something not from Apple or Google uh, kind of made that top spot. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. So I think that's been... For 2015, that's been a big deal. If you're just joining us and you want to, you got a tech gadget for 2015 that made a difference in your productivity. Uh, that's kind of what we're talking. Mike and I'll just keep talking until you join us. But if you want to jump in, we have an open seat. I'd uh, love to have you come in and talk about your favorite tech gadget, and uh, that'd be awesome as well. Mike, what else for you? What would be number two on your list of things for the year? Uh, number two for me has to go to the Kangaroo, and I'm putting that device above Apple products. I, I thought Apple had some great products this year, but nothing that really wowed me. And I'll get to some of those, but nothing that was as amazing to me as this kangaroo was. I think, you know, we talked about it last week, so people can refer back to that episode. So we don't need to go into too much detail on it, but just in highlight the price point of $99 for a machine that does that much. And that is going to be that adaptable in the future with the way they designed it for different docks and everything like that. And how powerful this thing really is. And the use, how many use cases you have for this device I think it earns my next that. So, so technically my first one was a trend of a uh, ride sharing. So this is my top tech gadget of 2015 and the kangaroo gets my vote. If you're brand new to the network, we just interviewed Ben Chu from, he's one of the lead the project leads for this kangaroo device from, from in focus. Uh, we just interviewed him last week. So it's live on the site. If you want to go back and take a look at the interview, easier to listen to than to watch. We had some video problems in it and it, Google hangouts weren't working real well, but uh, ben talks to us about this new product that has been sold every time they do a lot sells out. And I uh, just got a notification from a guy on Twitter today. It's back in the Microsoft store. So if you're having trouble finding it, oh uh, nice! Tony, did you get yours? I know Tony Rayner was waiting for it to show up in the Microsoft store. Um, so they seem to be in some places back in stock. $99 Windows 10 PC, full PC. I mean, it can do just about everything except maybe you know, Adobe Photoshop, yeah, <laughs> or, you know, right. it's not going to, it's a little atom processor, so it's not gonna, you know, it's not going to crunch well. Mike, you're, what are you using it for? I mean, from, from a week, you know, you know you've had it for a couple of weeks now, where do you find right. yourself using it most? I find, well, now it's, now it's portability. Ever since we set it up in the living room, it's great to have a PC in the living room. We don't have one. Usually the Xbox one has been our entire media center for that room, but now having the computer is really nice. So I'm trying it in two different locations. I'm still not set on where this thing is fully integrated only because if I didn't have a desktop machine, my iMac sits here and that's my desktop machine. It's a little more beefy and it's easier to use um, for me. But for me, I, I still fired up because I'm still interested in windows 10. I'm still on the learning curve. Obviously, it's going to take me a long time. So for me, I'm still firing it up just to play with Windows 10. So I, don't, I haven't necessarily found like a, okay, once I'm kind of done learning Windows 10 or trying to, you know, figure out all the new stuff, what am I going to do with it? I think it's going to end up in the living room. I'm really liking it out there. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good in-car device. I mean, we've been waiting for portable PCs yep. to make their way into the car. 
you know, we're not there yet, but I, I think we're getting close. And this is one of those kinds of things you can bring in with you and you update. And then instead of connecting your phone via, you know, Bluetooth or whatever, you're docking, you come in, you dock that thing in and boom, powers up your car and does right. even get a little more processing power. So there's some, some pretty cool, uh, some pretty cool practical applications. Those guys really seem to be getting it right. <laughs> Um, just a yeah. great interview from last week. One of my, one of, I think if I were to think about all the interviews we did in 2015, one of my favorite, I mean, we did some great, right. Uh, yep. I just, we think, I think about the guys from selfie or from shelfie, sorry, the guys from shelfie, uh, coming on Peter Hudson, he's coming back, but that's a great, you know, some great interviews on, we're, we're interviewing some folks that aren't typically making the big, you know, the big the rounds on the big podcasts or even maybe the small ones. We're finding some niche players out there. Uh, ben, those, he, that was his second. I mean, think about it. This thing has been a pretty big success. We were the second podcast to interview him. So mm-hmm. a lot of fun for me. That's a lot of fun. Like I love to, to have some of those um, to be able to talk about that and have it to be first. I'm going to say my number two uh, beer in the podcasts. That has been the, I'm, you know, I'm joking, but we added when Mike came on, we had, cause to be honest with you, I, 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 uh, podcasted with a minor, uh, <laughs> Christian, Christian turned 21 yesterday. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He actually just turned 21. Hey, if you, if you're, oh, come on. All right. Let's, let's, let's whack this user. Eh, you know, this is the this is the bad part of blab. Let's see. This I is the first find... time I run into that. Yeah, we had one the other day, and let's see if I can kick him out here. I've got to find him up there. Uh, yeah. Just people, is... nothing left. Uh, nothing well, else to do. You know, here's the interesting thing. We had um, somebody jump in the other day with their camera down their pants, and you know, as as much as really? I love. Yeah, as much as I I love Blab, this is the danger of of it, so to speak. And, uh, you know, the sad part about it was it wasn't even, um, (laughs) you know, uh, does, um, you know, I was at the pool have any connotation, you know, to you about, you know, when they took it. So anyways, it was one of those kind of things you're like, come on, really? I mean, do we have to do that? So. It looks like that person maybe removed themselves because, oh, no, maybe not. Uh, let's take that. Can you block as the host? I've, I've never actually, since I haven't run into that, I haven't had to yeah, do it. I, I think you can boot them from the room. I thought you could. I was looking it away. Also, it's one of the problems with Blab being so small right now is you can jump into I mean, you pretty much see all the Blabs. There's a handful of Blabs going on at any time. So it's easy for them to just jump into all of them. And, and do that sort of stuff. Yeah, oh, I think it'd be even harder the more, you know, if we were, we've got 16 people watching us. If right. this was, I've I've been on a blab with hundreds and uh, just in, you know, monitoring it, listening, that would almost be unmanageable to try and go in, okay, how are we going to boot this person out of the, how are we going to boot them out of the blab? In, you know, it, if we were doing this normally with uh, Google Hangouts and uh, Chatwing, I would immediately ban the user that came in, although they couldn't do what they just did. Right. Yeah. No, we don't allow that, that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, so if you're, again, if you're interested in jumping in, hang tight, jump in. Uh, the, I am noticing last couple of weeks more on blab. It's getting worse from, uh, from that spam kind of deal. I was going right. to mention blab was going to be one of the things and it still is like, if I think <laughs> about 
what we're yeah, don't doing. Don't let that one person bring you down, yeah. Jim. <laughs> but it's it's Blab has been an, an incredible platform that has opened up and brought excitement back, like it was when Hangouts first came out, has brought excitement back to the idea of live, you know, kind of live podcasting. And so, um, you know, it, is it, it's not the only platform. We'll still be on Google Hangouts. There's still lots of different ways to do it. Blab's got all its own problems. But, Mike, I think when I, when I think about what this has opened up to allowing people to come in, although no one's doing it tonight, but what would allow people to come in and have a take, I think Blab's pretty cool. I definitely like it. It was enough to get me to, when I came back to live video, to choose it over Google Hangouts for the type of show I do where I'm not bringing in too many interview guests because I do agree Google Hangouts is better when you have a one person you're interviewing. You're not opening it up to the community. It works still a little bit better. But I agree. I fully agree. I love it. Yeah. What else for you, Mike? What's, uh, what else this year has been... The Apple Watch. I've got to go with my first Apple device of the show. I'll bring it in. I think the Apple Watch was, although back when it came out, uh, if you guys follow Open Mic and at all, I was very back and forth on whether I really liked or disliked the Apple Watch. And I think my conclusion is on it is that it was a great first product from Apple in the wearable space. And I think it changed a lot of things. I think it changed the way Apple thought about stuff. And I think it changed the way the industry overall thought about these devices. And as time has gone on and as they've released their new um, software updates for the Apple Watch, I think it's gotten a lot better. And I just love that no one company is dominating the wearable space yet. I think the wearable space is still up for grabs and there's not one leader. There's not even really two or three leaders. When you think about wearable options, you have got a ton. And I think the best part about it is that it kind of depends on what you're looking for in your wearable. Are you a fitness person? Are you looking for strictly notifications? Or what are you looking for? And so there's a company out there for everyone, depending on what you want. But I think the Apple Watch for me, being an Apple fanboy, uh, was just, it, it was kind of monumental for them that they were in they were entering this space, that they thought it was a viable option. They think that this is the way of the future. And I thought they handled it quite well. I like how they waited. They weren't kind of first on the scene. Everyone's kind of dishing Apple that, you know, they they couldn't get in the space early enough that, you know, this should have been something that happened in 2014 or even 13. I like how they waited until April of 2015 to kind of hop in there and get their product out. I've played with it. It's a fantastic product. The look, the feel of it. Um, now that I've actually kind of felt it and looked at it and played with it for a little while and known people that have them and known people that use them in their everyday life, I can kind of put it there on my list. Now it's kind of waiting to see. Are you and, uh, it in 2016? Is this something you're going to buy? I mean, you're in law sure. school. So yeah, no, I, I, it's definitely on the list. So yeah. it's on you, the. You went to the watch via the Pebble, right? I mean, you kind of I bought did. the Pebble to see if that. So was love the Pebble, happened. and there's an update to the Pebble. I can. Uh, they just actually released the timeline update, which is all the the more expensive options of the Pebble. The newer ones have had the timeline kind of OS is what I'm going to call it on them, and now they've released that for the classic Pebble. So my classic Pebble just got a huge update uh, yesterday. It was kind of a nice little surprise that there. I didn't know they were going to bring it to the classic Pebble. So again, one of those things for seventy dollars entering the wearable space i thought about putting pebble on my list um i i just i, I kept it out for a, a few reasons but i still love the pebble i wear it every single day and I, it's definitely a great product and a great way to get into the wearables no for you that was the real wearable experience i started a little bit differently i went with a garmin 220 watch very expensive 250 dollar watch for gps and timer you know and so I hadn't worn a watch in 10 years and I went to the Garmin 220 for a year, used it. I'm a runner. So I used it when I was running 
And then, and that kind of that kind of got me back into the watch. And then, of course, uh, for me, making the jump to the Band Two, you know, just in November here, I picked up the Microsoft Band Two. Just love it. For me, it fits well in my ecosystem. It works the way I want it to. My workouts with it are dynamite. I mean, I'm checking so much more on the stats and what I'm doing. It's keeping me in the gym. It, you know, it's tracking what I'm doing during the day. Just as an example, just tonight I was doing a workout. My goal is 10,000 steps a day, right? And I try not to end my workout until I've reached that 10,000 because I, I just like I want to have it done. I don't want to have to worry about it for the rest of the night. So I came out of a really difficult stair workout. You know, we 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 do trek up the tower, which is a race up the first national tower here in Omaha. Forty flights that goes on in February. We train for weeks out ahead of it. We're we're, we're a month and some change away from it now. So I've been starting to do my stairs, which by the 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 the, uh, the band keeps track of all those uh, the stair workouts and doing it. But got to the end of the workout and I had 9,600 and some steps. And I'm like, Oh, I'm getting on a treadmill. <laughs> like this is, you know, I'm going to, and, and so it was a situation where and typically I was, I was tired. I was going to quit And the, uh, knowing the data forced me to kind of, you know, the competition in me was like, Oh no, I'm, I, I, I've got a little more left. I'm going to uh, get on the treadmill and get this done. Have you found in a fitness from a fitness standpoint, are you using that in a fitness context? I had a Fitbit before I lost it. Uh, I actually left it somewhere, <laughs> took it off and was playing with it and left it somewhere. And it's gone. So the Fitbit, when, when I had it, you're totally right. It's totally that encouragement of, Oh, I better go, you know, do one more up and down on the stairs before I go back in, you know, and, and be done. And it's, it's totally true. It's that encouragement. It's that extra little thing you need to track. That's what I'm looking forward to when I get the Apple watch is having that back and having that extra little motivation. Yeah. No, I just think data is power and knowing where you're at during the day. Uh, Robin is saying, you know, when she's traveling, it's one of those kinds of things I've been in the airport and I'm, you know, I've got 3000 steps for the day and I'm like, okay, got 45 minutes before <laughs> my plane goes, I could probably get 3000 steps in. And so you start, you know, pick up the bag to start making, start looping around, you know, and I fly through Denver a lot and that's a great airport for just looping around the the concourse, right? And you mm -hmm. can get some serious steps in. Normally, you could do that without the watch, but but having the reminder there of like, okay, here's the steps that I'm at. Um, I, I think it's a good, it's a it's, it's great for accountability. And so right. it's the future. One of the things I've I have noticed about the band though, having the heart rate monitor on there has changed things for me too. So during the workout today, you know, I was crushing it at one point and, you know, the, the thing went up to 170 and I'm like, okay, that's the peak for me in, in my age. Uh, I should probably be really, really careful that I don't push it too much harder than I'm pushing it now. So I backed it down a little bit, but I train in intervals, right? That's one of the things that I do at my age. I'm trying to get uh, shorter, high intensity workouts that are interval in style that, that really work well for me. And so the, it allows me to kind of keep track of my heart rate without having to, I'd never wear one of those chest bands. Like I just couldn't, that's too constricting and right, right. I just wouldn't do it. But having these new, and they're not accurate, but they're close enough, you know, you can get them, get them kind of done. So I think, you know, 2015, definitely the year of the fitness band in a lot of ways. This is where we got to, and it'll just continue to go um, from there. But it's it's one of those kinds of things, definitely the fitness band. I want to go back a little bit just real quick. When we were talking about Blab and Google Hangouts, there was a little bit of discussion. Robin was in this with me as well about easier or harder. And I just want to give my opinion on this because I don't I, I don't see them as 
one being easy and one being hard. And so Blab is better and Hangouts aren't. Uh, and here's a use case. So today I have to record Hangouts at work that we don't want public to begin with. Can you do it on Blab? Nope. No, no. So terrible use case for Blab at that case. How do what? I mean, the whole world doesn't want to be public every single time. And I don't necessarily want this platform to go out. This is why we use Hangouts. We can use Hangouts and create private podcasts that we're going to publish as a podcast. But let me get through the podcast first. Like, I don't right, always right. want everything to be live. Well, guess what? Hangouts do that. Blab doesn't. And so it's that's one of those cases where I always say, yeah, I think Blab's easier from a you know getting connected and people watching. And hey, remember when Hangouts came out, it had a community too. And it that community went away pretty fast. This this little bubble that we're in with Blab right now could go away very, very quickly if we're not very, very careful about creating really good content. Because people come out here and if they can't find something to watch, that'll be the last time they're on Blab. Well, and that, well, that's, that's my, my one complaint one about, about Blab, Blab, and it still it is. is. I'm getting a terrible echo, but I'll just keep going. Yeah, no, um, it'll, it'll go away in a second. I'm not hearing yeah. it. We should okay, be. perfect. So the one thing about Blab is I hop on, and, I, and I've tried. So I since using Blab for the first time, uh, maybe a week ago on my open mic night show, I've hopped on, and man, I have found two of all of the entire uh, cast on whatever you call them, Blabs, that I've actually found interesting or useful. Like half of them have people just smoking away on the show and it's, it's all, you know, it's, it's all you hear the entire time. And half of it's just stuff that you don't, it's just awful. Like awful content. First of all, everyone needs a microphone. Like it just, some of it sounds awful. I can't even get past listening to it. And, uh, and then it's like, it's stuff that they're just like randomly just blabbing on about. It's like, it's like they got some friends together, had a conversation and allowed it to be public. And that's which okay. for me. And, and that's totally okay. I agree. It's totally okay. But that's not going to grow the blab uh, ecosystem because people aren't just going to go to blab to find stuff to get on. Some people might, but if, if we don't step up the content game on blab, people aren't just going to come here and look for stuff. It will end up being, which there's no problem like this, but like the Google Hangouts thing is a tool that we use that we plug into our website, right? Like we use it as a tool. We embed it on our website and it's simply people already know about our podcast. They come to our website and they just watch us and we're using that as a tool. It's going to be the same thing for blab. I think it's a, it's a tool that we can use for our community in the future because man, the content game I think is just absolutely awful. <laughs> yeah. It's going to need some help. It uh, does. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Hangouts were exactly, I mean, the, what the, what I think is happening is there's a lot of people who are catching blab for the first time who, who don't remember the days when hangouts were early and there was a whole thriving, like people using it and all kinds of shows being created and it, and it is difficult. There are some things about Hangouts that are difficult, although we've solved all those problems. So they're pretty easy. Right. Now it's pretty easy. Like, you know, Blab doesn't have a, a, a focus screen. So if I, I wanted you to show your screen, Mike, you got to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. Talk about like hard. It's yeah. super hard for you to, for you to, um, we're in a Hangout. It's one click. Hangout, share screen, you're on. By the way, you're in focus. By the way, I can control all the focus. So if I want to drop you down and I want to highlight me or vice versa, I can do that on a Hangout. I can't do that in Blab. They're just tools, guys. That's all they are. They're, yeah. they're, they're, it's, we're, we have a hammer and a screwdriver, right? And, and, um, and so, uh, although I should have used a power tool analogy, analogy for those things because they're cooler. Power tools are way cooler. So it's, it's one of those kinds of things. I, it, the 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 crazy thing right now in Blab is all the Blab evangelists out there who just 
anytime anybody says anything negative about blab they are just jumping on it like no you can't it's this is the best thing ever well it's really cool but it has its shortfalls yeah so, i yeah. agree it's yeah. cool but it is a tool i don't think it's going to be a community i'm going to call it right now i don't think after this initially goes i don't think it's going to be you know i don't think it's going to be it's not going to be the social media it's not going to be a community where people will come to it's going to be a tool and that's how we're going to use it. And I think that's okay. I think Blab is totally fine with that. I think if they have this this community at first, it gets people to use it. But I'm totally fine using it as a tool. Like, what what's the harm to Blab if we all just use it as a tool and it's not a community? They could lose the homepage. They could lose the Blab Diam homepage. And I would be fine as long as I can go in, create a Blab, and have people that I want come to it and post it on my website and stuff like that. Not saying there's anything bad about it. Not saying, you know, the community is terrible. But I just think in the future, we've seen this with all these sorts of tools. This is the trend. This yeah. is how it goes. Not everything's a Facebook, not everything's a Twitter, not everything's a YouTube. And uh, and I think that I think that's what it'll become, which is totally fine for me. And that's coming from a person who just admitted I'm gonna I switched over to live shows and I'm gonna be using Blab for all of them for the foreseeable future. Yeah. No. Until something until that chat problem continues to happen on one too many shows for me, you know, right. and then I'll switch. But yeah. well yeah. We and we've, you know, we've, we're going to flip back and forth. There's some weeks that we're going to be on Blab. There's some weeks we're going to be using Hangouts just based on the interview and what we need to use the tool for. So sometimes I'll pull out the, you know, the, the power, uh, the skill saw, and sometimes I'm going to pull out the, uh, the, uh, the Dremel. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll, so we'll leave it at that. Mike, uh, one of the interesting trends that uh, has gone on in, um, <laughs> yeah, Robin, we still love you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're a Blab evangelist. I love it. Robin, if you want to jump in and join us, you're welcome to. But she's great. The, the I don't want this to turn into a blab show. All the shows turn into blab shows. When you that's know, true. This is how great blab is. Well, okay, let's talk about some other content. And we just yeah. did. So we just did it. We, show, we needed we the button. We need the bell. We do. Bell. We do need it. One of the things for my family that changed in 2015 is the the uh, yeah. Mike Phillips says, "Where's the buzzer?" Uh, I need to. I need to implement. I've got that somewhere on my desktop. I'll have to pull it up when you're talking, but. The implementation of um, um, Facebook Messenger for our family. Now, again, not a new technology. It's been around. But in 2015, our family, and I mean my kids, my, my wife and my kids, jumped on Messenger as a platform. We had been text, and we moved on to Messenger. And, and it, it, it kind of happened. It just kind of happened. And now most of the important family conversation that goes on, because our kids are, you know, a lot of my kids have moved out, and they're, they're, they're always around is on Facebook Messenger. And I just thought how interesting that we'd make this jump from text, which it had been before. It's just a lot easier on Messenger to create groups and you're in Facebook anyways. Mike, have you used, are you, well, hey, we use Facebook Messenger to get ready for the show, right? Right. And you are the only person I Facebook message. Oh. It's surprisingly, it's interesting, but it's, it's easy. Us. Maybe it's yeah. just us. That's well, it. no, it's not just you. That's for sure. A lot of people do use Facebook Facebook Messenger for a lot of things. It just, for me, and I think it's simply because almost all of my friends that I talk with on a very regular basis, my wife and all my family has iPhones. So iMessage works decently. Now the whole groups part of iMessage is terrible. You know, you, you become part of different groups and it always switches the groups for some reason. Like we've had a lot of trouble with that, but it's, it's gotten a little bit better over as time has gone on. But yeah, it's funny how just, I think people fall into an ecosystem that works for them. They fall into something that just, you know, Oh, Hey, for all of us, you know, text messaging works. iMessage works, whatever it is. I think when you have differing devices, that is when Facebook messenger is key or an app like WhatsApp. 
I think that's why WhatsApp is so huge. My roommate, my best friend, him and his whole family still use WhatsApp for their entire family just because they're all on different devices. They don't have to worry about things. They can use it on Wi-Fi or data, whatever. It doesn't even be a text message. So it's interesting that your whole family switched over to that. Uh, I think once my dad jumped onto the iPhone, it was just iMessage was a lot easier. And um, that my parents don't have Facebook. So that wouldn't even be an option if we wanted it to be. Well, even in the coaches community at Gallup, so I'm the community manager for all our strengths coaches, I get a lot of instant, I mean, I get a lot of Facebook messages, a lot, a lot of private messages from them via Facebook Messenger. And it, it's just, it, you know, it, and that's been a trend that's kind of come on here in 2015. That wasn't happening before. That's happening more often. And I thought it would have been WhatsApp. But for yeah. me, anyways, Facebook Messenger has been the one that's kind of, taken off. What's interesting is Facebook made a run at all this video long before anybody else did. And it never went anywhere, right? They had the Skype integration and they were trying to get these kind of conversations going on on Facebook on a fairly regular basis, but it just never took off. And so they've abandoned over the, and they've un, they've taken out a lot of that stuff out of their software yeah. uh, to make it work, but it just never worked. So definitely. Mike, what else for you? Yeah, uh, I love the trend in 2015 of extremely cheap SSD hard drives. It's just been awesome that we can upgrade these computers. It could be argued that the new operating systems are really meant to run on SSDs and they run a lot better. And SSDs just in general run a ton better. And so, um, oh, here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, so how do I, let's see, how can I kick them out? Report. Let's see if I can do... Um, if you make me a host, I can help you with that too, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's just fantastic. You know, it's. I think I booted him out. So I think we're... I think So if you're watching the live show, what happens is we're getting... This is, this is going to ruin... This will ruin Blab, by the way, if this continues going. This is the first time I've had... You know, we've had two events this the, tonight where people have jumped in and dropped spam into the... Into the chat room. Um, and so, Mike, keep talking, and uh, we'll get you switched. I'll start up. for the audio, for your editing. Do you want me to start back no, no, where we kidding. were? No, All right. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, cheap affordable SSDs. So, SSD, you know, right. So I ended up grabbing two of these SSDs early in 2015, one for the iMac, to the point where I had to you know, tear apart the iMac, which is not easy. You have to undo glue and all that stuff, and then redid a laptop. Um, and after I did that, I couldn't find one piece of tech that I was suggesting to friends and family more than an SSD. And it just so happened that over the year, they've just plummeted in price so much so that we just bought one for Christmas for my wife's sister and they 68 bucks for 258 gigs, which I think is just absolutely insane. It's so cheap nowadays that anyone can really get into these SSDs and they can put them in the computer and it's one of the best upgrades you can give your computer. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, it, for, for a lot of people, SSDs are the way, you know, you've got, if you got an old PC, a couple years old and you want to, to, uh, to make it better, especially in the Windows side, Mike, you guys on the Apple side have been fortunate enough to have been forced into SSDs for a while. Uh, you know, Apple's been putting those in their equipment for right. quite a while now. Um, but uh, from from a Windows standpoint, uh, most people bought really cheap, inexpensive, um, you know, uh, Windows boxes that came with spinning drives that are super, super slow. So SSDs are the way to do it. They've gotten very, very inexpensive. And for, for a lot of people, the problem is, Mike, it's not, the, it's not an average guy upgrade still. Like it's still right. kind of, 
so I can buy it, but I'm going to have to, for a lot of people, I'm going to have to have my family tech guy come over and, you know, cause what do you do? How do you get that operating system off and how do you get the new one right. on? Those tech guys, right. that's pretty easy for the average guy, you know, not so much. Yeah. But it's just, it's a fun trend to see that that sort of technology is getting so cheap nowadays that we can put it on in our old machines. Gives life to those old computers. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think for me, uh, you know, and this is going to be kind of weird when we think about for for twenty uh, for twenty fifteen, the, my iPhone. Now I've been an Android guy forever, right? I was well, I was I was a Palm guy first. Palm, I did the Palm Pre, and uh, in in was had a Palm device of some kind uh, for most of the two thousands, and then went under the Palm Pre, which went nowhere. And then, um, you know, it came out before the iPhone, but then the iPhone beat it to market. And I kind of resisted the iPhone for a lot of years. I, I was an Android user. And then uh, this year, uh, my daughter and I went in and I, I, my Android, my GS4 was heating up to the temperature of the sun on a pretty regular basis. And I said, you know what? It's time to give the iPhone a try. And for a guy like me who needs his phone just to work and be just a phone in a lot of cases and to work when I need it to work and to like connect to stuff when I want it to connect to stuff and have a battery, the iPhone's the way to go. I mean, I, hey, I'm, I'm a reformed Android user, which is just really, really crazy. Yeah. I, love, I love my iPhone and I see why you guys freak out about it all the time. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's, yeah. It's no, it's device. Now I'm not hacking on it. If I want, and I kept my GS4. By the way, it's you can't see it, but it's, it's up on a it's up on a device up here. When I need to do Android stuff, I just I pull that down. But Mike, it totally changed the way I travel. I mean, it was one of those kinds of things where you just kind of go, "Wow, this thing just works." It does. Um, it, I mean, and that's the best way to describe it. And these arguments I talked about with Colin, these debates and arguments over you know iPhone versus Android versus Windows Phone. A lot of them can be can be really put to rest now because a lot of them are running basically the same hardware and you just choose what ecosystem you want to be in on. You say, okay, I want to be an Apple. I want to be on Android. Maybe I do want a little more customizable options with the Android. I want to be able to tweak things and do some under the hood stuff that Apple doesn't let me do. And that's fine. Then you go with Android. I think it just really depends on what you want and how you use it. No one is better or worse than the others. And that's coming from someone who loves the iPhone. I think it, I think it for me, it's the best phone, but it, it's not for everyone. You know, we can, there used to be this argument on what is the best phone. And I just always hated that. And I think finally people have come around to realize that there's not one best phone. It just honestly depends on how you use them and what you do. But I'm just so glad we've gotten past that point of those arguments. Yeah, I know. It's what works for you. This is the thing, right? If it's, what's the device that works for you? GG Solutions 123 says, Jim, do you miss the swipe? type keyboards. I didn't use that on Android. So no, I didn't. I didn't miss that when I, and you can add those in on the Apple. So there's third party keyboards now. And and that's what I'm talking about with the software. A lot of these things have gotten so similar. And so you can use, you can get swift key or whatever type of, uh, swipe keyboards you want on the Apple products. Well, it's interesting. So uh, what I always hear from is iPhone users who are three, four, five, who made a jump to Android and just love it. And then I hear from Android people who were, Galaxy, you know, from Galaxy 1 through 4, who now are jumping onto the iPhone 6 and go, because I, I would not, to be honest with you, I could not go on an iPhone that's five or back because they're just too damn small. Right. I, oh, I totally agree. Little, that little tiny key, that little tiny. You were messing around with Hannah's old one, you know, the other day. We got this out because we had to do a restore from something. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's too small compared to the new one. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, 
the 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 one of the things that um uh, that yeah for me it was just one of those deals where i it jumped at the right time for me and i i just use that crap out of my iphone and in a pair it with a microsoft bluetooth keyboard which is awesome yeah and take it on the road and it becomes a little you know basically becomes a, a, a you know a little portable pc that i use on, on a plane and I, you know, with the Android, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I would get on a plane, listen to a podcast. By the time I got off the plane, my battery would be at thirty percent. And you know, then I'm I'm recharging it again. And you know, it was just it was one of those. Again, for me, it's what worked. But the iPhone has really changed the way now I use my phone. I'm not screwing with it all the time. Right. And I hear from a lot of Android users that's the same thing for them. And for you, awesome, right? Uh, Call in right now, take the open seat, and tell us how awesome your Android. I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure it is. Just for me, the iPhone just worked right out of the chute and it saved a lot. And if you love Android, that's awesome too, because it's a great, I mean, there's some great things going on with Android. And we need all of them. Like we talked about with everything else, it's that competition that drives each other. Apple was not going to change before Android got big enough that that it was a threat. And it, it did threaten them. They sold more handsets than Apple did. And it it challenged them. They would ne- they were never going to add third party keyboards. They were never going to add those sort of features until Android got big enough, and they did. So they they both drive each other. So I'm glad to see that there's fans of both. There need yeah. to be. And ironically, Sarah, my wife, is on a Note. She's on a Galaxy Note five, and she loves it. Right? Did you oh, say she really she likes it? it? Yeah, yeah. And I just a couple of years ago, I thought she would be the one on the iPhone, and I'd be the one on the on the Android. Just shows you what a chick I am. So it, it's one of, one of those. What does that say about me? <laughs> I don't know. It, I just did not. I never saw that coming. Um, and, you know, my daughter's on the six as well. You know, I, I considered the success when we were when we were buying phones at the time too big of a screen for me. And so I liked that. I, the, the six is the sweet spot. I like the Galaxy S4 size and the six is the same size as the Galaxy S4 or five for that smaller that smaller screen size. Um, and that just, again, it's what worked for me. And so right. was what's different. Um, one of the things we had Edward Weininger, we'll switch gears a little bit. We had Edward Weininger on our show, who's a, who works for Alpha Bitcoin here in Omaha. And uh, Edward talked about Bitcoin, which we had never done a Bitcoin podcast. And I learned so much about Bitcoin that week. And interestingly enough, uh, on, the, on the Silicon Prairie News Minute, this last week, we also did a bit of, about Bitcoin. And, you know, Bitcoin is, depends on nodes on the system for it to work. It has a distributed set of nodes. And the nodes are shrinking, not growing. In other words, people are not adding enough nodes to keep it distributed. And so a company has come up with a node that you can buy. It costs about 140 bucks. You can deploy your own kind of your own node and become a node. You don't create uh, you don't create Bitcoins in the process, but you're a node on the network with that. Have you known? So since we talked about Bitcoin, two hundred eighty-six dollars a share or a coin, right? When we, when they were on the show, four hundred and forty-seven dollars today, Mike. And and that's been six months. It was July since we had Edward on there, and I'm not going to say doubled, but it's it's making a nice run, so to speak. Six months later, that was surprising to me, right? I don't think it's going anywhere. And and that show was great for learning the background of how all that stuff works. And uh, Robin's asking for a link. Hopefully, we can we can find that for. Her. No, we didn't do it on Blab. We did it on Google Hangouts. The the Bitcoin um, 
Yeah, the Bitcoin show. Yeah, so maybe we can find I'll a link find in, in there. But yeah, it was one of those. I don't. I don't think I was actually on the show. If I remember right, I think I I watched it. I wasn't there that week. Was that before? No, it's July twenty. Um, July twenty fifth. By the way, I'm gonna Robin. I'm gonna put this in the chat for you. But um, you can uh, go to theaverageguy.tv and just search Bitcoin in that uh, that that one. Edward Weininger talks the history and future of Bitcoin, which I found. Uh, very, very interesting because, Mike, I didn't know anything. Bitcoin. I just I was kind of thinking it was a one world order money kind of like this is going to take, take over. And that's not that's not Bitcoin at all. Mm. Not, that's not the space they play in. That's not the and it's not necessarily a replacement for U.S. money either. This is the interesting thing. I think a lot of people think like, oh, this is going to replace the dollar. I even asked Edward, you know, so does this eventually? Re no. It's a way to exchange money easily and securely, and it it really takes the complexity out of transferring money to right. other countries, right? And so it was one of those kinds of things. Because if you've ever tried to move money out of one country and move it into another, half of it goes away. <laughs> it yeah. just disappears. Right. Like, where'd it go? It's in fees. What kind of fees? I don't know. I mean, just no, fees. Right? They're just <laughs> fees and exchange rates and and those kinds of things. And so... We're going to get Edward here in 2016. We're going to get Edward to come back on. He's an Omaha guy, and uh, we're going to get him back on to talk about Bitcoin. But I just found that interesting. Uh, he talked about he thinks Bitcoin will grow uh, and continue to grow. Um, the The algorithm predicts some growth in it. And so it was one of those kinds of things where it's following a very repeatable pattern. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where Bitcoin, for me... 2015 was the year of Bitcoin for, from an awareness standpoint. We have a Bitcoin, I think it's called a BTM, the Bitcoin transaction machine, uh, down at, of all places, oh, oh my, uh, let's see, let me whack them out of there. I'll have to remove some of that spam. Sorry, guys. I We must be the big time tonight if we are getting all this spam in our chat room. Okay, so this wouldn't happen on Chatwing, guys. To be honest with you, if we were on Google Hangouts and we were in Chatwing, uh, this would not be happening. So for all you blab evangelists out there, um, there we go. Interesting. Um, I think, do you have it's to... It's nuts. It is. This is the worst I've ever seen it. Yeah. This is the worst I've ever seen it. Yep. So... Um, yeah, so uh, Mark says it's not even spam. It's almost trolling. If you're listening to the audio version of this, you have been spared. Uh, <laughs> Your eyes. Be glad. Yeah, that last one was, was pretty painful. Um, so so for me, 2015, your Bitcoin, from an awareness standpoint of being able to kind of know what's going on. And I went down to Jones Brothers and checked out that ATM. And it's really, it's a home-built, I mean, it's not like you think of an ATM kind of thing. And it's, 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 a computer inside a box. That, is it really? Okay. I was wondering how, like, what yeah, this looks thing okay. looks like. Okay. I, mean, I think Edward and those guys designed it. It looks nice, but it's just a box somebody built, <laughs> you know, kind of deal. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm always a little concerned. Okay. So now let's talk. Uh, I've got some, so environmental politics is jumping in. And I, with what's been going on in the chat room, I'm a little scared to, to say yes. To I don't. Th I, th I think we locked the seat out for the rest of the night. I think so. I, that, yeah, that, that'd so. be my thing. I, so, we, I we apologize to people if you actually had a legit thing. Unless I know you, we have a whole bunch of people that I know that are in the chat room that are listening tonight. So 
if I know you or if you have the if you're if your face is in the picture on blab and I know you I'm gonna let you in but you can but. talk about in the chat too you can mention some stuff and we'll say who it's from uh it's just it can get a little iffy that's ridiculous well it is. hey welcome to the world of openness right right Welcome to the world of openness. I wonder how much of a problem this is going to be on Blab going forward. If we're getting it tonight, I'm sure it's kind of happening everywhere. Well, and and that's interesting to me because the, the, I mean, for my show, I, I mean, I firmly know that a lot of my viewers, I mean, would, would leave me, even though that's on, out of my control, if that stuff showed up in the chat. So I can't risk even yeah. the option of that happening for the first yeah. time. I might not come back to Blab. I might actually, no. I mean, I, I, I just Funny, said at the, the beginning of the show. You're honest. This is your move into this, but now, and I mean, I just, cause I had never seen this before. And if this is something that happens, um, I, I can't risk that. And especially with, you know, it's just one of those things of the type of job I'm going into and the bar association and all that stuff, looking into every single thing in my past, there's just no room to for any little jokes like that or things like that to show up and, and, uh, and risk those sort of things, I guess. I don't know. Just yeah. a weird rant, but it doesn't, you saw how fast that, how fast that happens. You know, uh, Bill Conrad, I'm going to lock the seat for now. Um, well, no, I'll unlock it. If I know you, you can jump in. So Bill Conrad asked, does uh, does not hurt on Blab? Not sure. Does that hurt? I think it does hurt Blab. I think it does indeed. I mean, I think that's one of those things that that uh, that that kind of deal is. That's not good. And you know what could happen anywhere? It's just. Oh, it easily could. Yeah. Uh, but not in our own systems, not over where we're at. We yeah. have control well, of that. In this case, in and out. Boom, bam. Right. And I would ban and they would be gone. But what's the purpose of that? Like, okay, there was nothing. There was, it doesn't, it doesn't put anybody's. Oh, th I mean, this is a conversation, Jim. You could have the philosophy behind trolls. It's trollish, right? Yeah, it's trollish. I mean, these aren't spammers. This is troll. I mean, did you see the, the person who trolled the last time said, hey, you want to see my tech gadget? And then started posting the obs the obscenity stuff. So, I mean, they're, they're looking at the title, they're typing stuff. This is not just being, this is trolling, uh, to its Robin says, and it's so. happened everywhere. It's a part of the internet, sadly. Well, yeah. um, five years we've been podcasting. Never's happened once on any That's of my true. shows. That's not true. Ever. Same here. Not once. That's because we have a controlled system. Yeah. yeah. We had, a, we had a closed system with control. Yep. Yeah. Know, Which I like. Yeah. I think it brings up an interesting, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not glad it happened, but it's, I was wondering how long it would take for those kinds of things to, to, you know, get going in the, in the, in, you know, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting. So if you just joined us, we're talking a bit, a little bit about the trolling that's kind of going on in spam tonight or in uh, blab tonight, uh, spam.im. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, blab.im. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just it kind of ruins things for people, you know. It, it does. It's ruined it for me tonight. I've I've made my decision. So wow, just like that, just Boom. like that. Yeah. There, there's no. I I I forget. And and you know, to to Robin's point, this happens everywhere. And I just become so naive to myself because I get so used to the closed system that you create on your site that I've created on my site. Um, that there's just that there there's not enough benefit for me um coming to yeah. a platform like this to risk that so well, podcasters home says you know on ask the podcast coach i never have noticed the spam we haven't had it it hasn't hit on saturday mornings what i'm saying is this is the first time i've been on blab bunch and all of a sudden tonight there's, a, there's quite a bit of activity on there all of a sudden tonight it's just picked up and it's not like my title is provocative it's not like you know Right. It's, we're trying to do kind of a, 
you know, we're kind of just trying to do a thing here. And, um, so, and classy podcast has a good, a, a good point. Um, an invite only blab would be interesting. Right. Um, and, and even to the point where I guess your, your guests could invite people too, which would be kind of cool. You know, if they, um, send out some invites, that would be, it would at least just have that one different level of, of privacy, even if it's not fully secure, it's, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Robin says, I think she says, I think Bob will continue to adjust and change and grow to help things like this. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I may, I wonder what's the, how do we invoke the, Ooh, how do we invoke the blab, uh, tech support on this? Cause maybe we could bring them in live. What's the, so if you're in the chat room, what do I need to, I can't remember what it is. So That's what true. do I need to put to get, to get their tech support in here guys at help. Okay. At help. We are getting lots of trolls. How can you help? Let's see if they, oh, there we go. Just even as I was typing it. Right. Um, um, I got that one. Yeah, do you? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting to see. And, and maybe, oh, so is it maybe slash help too that, that gets them? Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can we can we can get a little answer from. It'd be nice to get somebody from Blab to jump in. Oh, John Zadler, I know John Zadler. Let's bring John in. John, this is what I was kind of hoping for. <laughs> right, John's first day on Blab, but I know John. John goes way back on the podcast, and uh, he must have seen the link. And uh, John, you may if you have Skype open, it may not. You may have to close Skype to get this to work for you, and it may take twice. So if you got to jump, if you got to drop out and come back in, that would be awesome too. To get you, and I don't don't give up. I want you to jump in here, and I haven't talked to you in a while, so I want you. To, uh, yeah, well, there's one thing about inviting people in. There's another thing about um, controlling the spam in the chat, which fortunately right. our audio only listeners don't have to listen to. Mike, any other any other thing that you want to think when we think about tech for 2015? Any as we kind of we're kind of getting to that time, anyways, where we're going to wrap up the audio show. Anything else we didn't cover that? Was significant for you. I think that pretty much covers. It. I think there's some stuff that really maybe fits into more of a 2016. Looking at 2016, if I can talk right now, looking into 2016, uh, more of my stuff would fit into there. So I think we covered a lot of my main big things that I want to cover. Good. Well, next week we'll be talking about. So when we're here on Thursday, although I may not be on Blab, but we'll be talking about. Um, uh, look, we'll be looking forward for 2016, John. Zadler, you're out there. Try again. Make sure Skype is closed, and I'll let you in. We'll we'll have you a part of the post show. Um, want to thank you guys for coming out tonight. I, I got. I'm I'm not gonna lie, Mike. A little unhinged at the end there, from right. a battled <laughs> standpoint. You know, you're just kind of like our audio listeners are gonna be so confused. They're gonna be like, man, why do they just keep like losing their train of thought and just <laughs> going into oblivion? What the hell's going on? Um, yeah. We so if you came out tonight, first time you've joined us, we are live. Home Gadget Geeks is a podcast. We do it every week. Typically, we're on Google Hangouts where we have a lot more control, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, we've done some blabs before. I've done a bunch of blabs, and uh, tonight was really the exception uh, to the rule. From that standpoint, maybe we can get the guys from Blab Tech Support in. And uh, John, hang tight one second. I'm going to let you in here in a second. We are live every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Out the average guy. Uh, dot TV live a couple things uh, if you want to contact the show or contact me send me an email jim at the average guy TV track me down on Twitter just add Jay Collison of course from time to time uh, we have the talk.to um, link fired up out there you know, there'll be a little red banner that says uh, chat with Jim now 
click that and you start a one-on-one chat with me. No, I never got any spam through that one either. So, or any uh, trolling, I guess is the right word for that. The average guy.tv platform, uh, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove partners. Of course, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people, you know, and trust, you know, that's Christian and he is running that for us. Uh, plans start as cheap as $10 a month for a lot of, eh, a lot of stuff. John Zadler, hang on tight. I'll let you in here in just a second. Um, uh, so if you have any questions about that hosting, head out to maplegrovepartners.com. You can also listen to the Home Gadget Geeks now on Android or iPhone, but we have an app available for you. If you want to listen live or listen to the recorded versions, head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. And that, uh, the links to get that on a regular basis are there. We want to thank LastPass. They're our sponsor. They're our mobile app sponsor for that. And our friends over at LastPass, who will be coming back to Home Gadget Geeks here in a couple of weeks to talk about their acquisition with log me in and so they'll be back on the podcast to talk about that um, as well we are live each thursday night 8 p.m central 9 eastern out of the average guy.tv live we will hang around for some post show so hang tight the i think the hinges i think it's going to come off the hinges in the post show i'm just i'm just telling you mike i might come unglued I, I, yeah i'm about there you might want to if you're listening live you might want to hang around for the post show because i think i'm about to come unglued and uh with that we'll say good night everybody 